the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided our world has become? We desperately need stories of peace and healing. We find the bridge builders across the globe who are stepping into the divides of culture and bringing understanding, compassion, and reconciliation. And now, here's your hosts, Jonathan Sanborn and Lisa Jernigan. Well, we are back on Counterculture Radio. We hope you're back. We hope you've been listening to us and kind of been on a journey with us. And if you're new for the first time, welcome. I'm Lisa Jernigan. And I'm Jonathan Sanborn. And we are so excited to be here. We we are. We really are. I, you yeah. know, I got to tell you, Jonathan, I really look forward to doing these radio shows with you because it's just always so fun because of our friendship. And right. I, I always learn something from you. You do. And we have amazing guests. And it's just really enjoyable. So I just want you to know that... I really do look forward to radio days. That's good to know. I'm glad. <laughs> I feel the mojo. I feel like yes, like you've you, you're excited to be here. You, I don't think you're not faking this. I'm not. It's yeah. so fun, right? I mean, I, my motto is "fake it till you make it." Right. But the, but I don't. I think you're authentic. I am because I love to talk and I love to to listen to other people talk. <laughs> so good. there we go. It's a good match, right? <laughs> it's a good. Okay, match. so I have a question, really quick. So, um, Cal and I were sitting with this couple. Um, on Saturday, and we were having this conversation. And since you love music, okay, and listen, to I'm music all, all about the, time, the music, right? I love music, but I don't have all this stuff. But when I listen to songs, okay, I can sometimes not really know the words, and so I can be known for belting out a song with the total wrong words, right? Right? Yes. And so my kids or my husband or people know will just go. Uh, the word is da da da, right? Right. But because I've heard it, so this couple was talking to us that they were listening to Chicago song, and um, the line early after, Chicago, mid period, late period. I well, see. I'm not good on that oh. music set, but it was it's a big um, difference. The, the song that has after all we've been through, after all that we've been through, yeah. I yeah, yes, okay. So the guy thought it's after who we've been through, and she said it's after all we've been through. Yes. So they had this whole debate going on. Right? Of yeah. what it was. And so they finally looked it up. I mean, and she was right. She was right. But yes, he had of it, course. He had it logged in his head because yeah. of something prior. And it just got me thinking how many things do we think we hear correctly and we're so confident? Like, that's what it says. Yeah. That's what it is, right? Do you have a song that comes to mind that you like? I always thought it was this way and it really was that way. I, it does. I, I don't have the song in my head, but that does happen. It's fun. I approach music from because I hear the music first. I hear the vocal tones. I hear the music. Everything about it. Lyrics are kind of like frosting okay. for me. It's and I, so I guess I'm. I, occasionally, I'll hear a song maybe the twentieth time and then really get the lyrical depth of what they're trying to say. Right. So I don't. I guess I'm very prone to not really grasping the lyrics early on because I just I, I'm so engaged about the musical package right. that's there that even and, and if, if the musical package isn't engaging or d- 
delightful to me. I won't go into the lyrics right. too much. And so, right. yeah, it, it does happen for me. And sometimes it's even songs that I've heard for quite a bit, but nothing. I know I know exactly that. Well, you're just singing away yeah. and, you, and you, you think you know the words and it's like, it's not the words. And we used to ha- settle these debates by op- – you'd have to get the the album or C- CD or tape yeah. out and open up and they'd have the lyrics inside the cover, right? right. They had to print yes, them out. Yes, they did. But now it's like built into your Spotify or something. You can click on and hear right. the lyrics and right. it's officially – it's not as fun like mystery of solving or something. And- well, I'm just so known for not getting the words right, right? <laughs> and okay. belting it out like I do. Like yeah. I'm really confident. And it just got me thinking about how much in life do we think we're hearing something correctly? Yes. And we'll just we'll just we're so confident and really it's not the real thing, right? Yeah. It's it's off. And we just kind of go through life like that, right? Like we're just we're and we push our no, this is the way it is. So my challenge is how open are we to go? I could be wrong. You could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could have heard it wrong. I could have read, you know, whatever. Sure. So I just thought that was a good thought, kind of thinking about. So and are you getting ready to confront me right now? About, no. I feel like this is a you're no. setting up an intervention. No, oh, no, like, no intervention. Maybe I've been wrong. No, no, I'm not doing that at okay. all. I'm just <laughs> I'm saying. Just I think it lends into what we're all about, right? Yes. With yeah. counterculture, with peacemaking, with like sometimes we don't we don't see the truth. Right. We think we hear something that's not really the truth, mm-hmm. right? And we kind of build. We build a story or scenario around yeah. that, and in essence, it's not true. I th- I think daily life is like I'm thinking of a meme where um, there's a it's a Nazi, and it's a kind of I think it's from like Hogan's Hero or something, and or something he goes, "Are we the baddies?" Like he's figuring it out for the first time, like maybe we're the bad guys right. or something. And so I I think there has to be the sense that everyone you would want. Starting with ourselves, that right. maybe we've been in the wrong camp on some either on a big issue or a small issue or whatever. I, I know it happens at home. I know it realized, wow, I was wrong about that. Right. You know, I felt totally justified right. in being upset about that, but actually I misunderstood the situation. Right. And I maybe I was the jerk. <laughs> you know, me, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and maybe I have something to learn. Yeah. Right? I have something to learn. And, yeah. and relearn. So right? Which is so much about our, our faith. It's like it's constantly, I know for me, constantly unlearning and relearning. Yes. And it kind of the, you know, as it goes. And so I'm super excited. That was a long intro to get to our guest because, again, I guessed he has a special place in my heart. He does? He does. It's, you know, um, his name is Jeremy Jernigan. We share the, Jernig- la- Jern- Jernigan. We, we share the same last name. Heard- we share the same birthday. And I'm just so proud of him because he's a thought leader. And I learned so much from him. And, and sometimes, you know, I'm not always there at the same time with him, but he takes me on a journey. Yeah, and he's, right. and I, but I love being around people that yeah. have a different idea to things that cause you to think differently. And yeah. the moment we quit trying to learn, then we have nothing. We've got right, right, it's right. A, right. And so he's, he's somebody that challenges me in my, in my thinking. And um, I just appreciate that so much. And he's, a, he's the author of two books. Um, redeeming pleasure and crowdsourcing the message, oh. and we talked earlier about if 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 you listen to a previous podcast on started a thing called Communion Wine Co. Yes, uh, sharing his love for wine with just his love for Jesus and new ways to have conversations about Jesus. But today, I'm really excited to talk to you about your podcast. Let's go, and th- we're going to go in for it, right? Yeah. Because this one is totally, I think, I think this podcast for you personally has stretched you 
um, in ways. And I, I want I want us to learn what you're learning and, and be a part of it because the podcast is called The Forest and the Trees. And you have a conversation about with an atheist. And together you kind of go through the Bible from your perspective and from his perspective. And so I just want to dive into that. And what does that look like? What are those conversations? What are you learning um, so, and I know it lifts you. Go ahead. Just so, well, just so this this might be the first time our guests are listening, a little background, just a little bit about yourself, just so not everyone heard the last podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, he's an author. Author. And podcaster. Did Communion Wine Co. Mm-hmm. Spent the two decades in full-time ministry. Yep. And, uh, and now he's kind of, you know, exploring, speaking at churches, writing, does a lot of writing, teaches a, a college class at a, at a oh. Christian college. And, uh, Taking the road less traveled. Yes, <laughs> there we go. That's a great way of Are saying you, it. You yeah. live here in Phoenix? I Yeah. Okay. In East Valley. East Valley. Nice. See, Jonathan, I should have had you because I'm so familiar with him. I'm just assuming well, everybody that's what knows we need Jeremy each other. Jernigan, we right? Ne- we, need, we need each other. I know. There we go. And, and before we get into it, I love the, that, that setup. It reminds me of a book. I don't know if we can do a book plug here, but there's a book I read this year called Rising Out of Hatred, mm. and it's the story of one of the preeminent white nationalist leaders changing his mind. Wow. And he's the spokesperson for it. He's the guy they say he'll be the next generation white nationalism in America. And it's the story of how people didn't give up on him, kept having conversation Mm. with them and ultimately convinced them you're on the wrong side of this. Wow. And he changes his mind. And it is a fascinating book on peacemaking Mm. and how do you meet people in the tension of that. And I think for any of us, it's like, I, I don't want to, we all believe things that are wrong. We just right. don't know which ones we believe are the wrong things. Right. right? Yeah, and you need people right. around you to go, yeah, I don't think that is what you think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's I love what you guys are doing here. And I think that's that's a, a goal for all of us. Yeah, I think it's one of those principles, those key principles of peacemaking is so, uh, kind of a, an honest self-examination, and right. openness to to people to speak into your life. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you, you're you're. If you've got it all figured out, then you're, you're maybe you're the part of the problem. Good luck. Well, I think we're wired. We want to be right all the time. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do we have to be right? Mm-hmm. Especially in Christian ministry. Yeah. Because we have the truth, the capital T, truth. And we can look at it, the arc of his, you know, we're the good guys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, n- not always. Well, mm-hmm. and faith is often yeah. wrapped up into how certain you are yeah. in what you believe. And that, that's, oh, you have better faith then. You look, how, look how confident you are. It's like, yeah. no, that's, that's not the definition of right. faith. Yeah. No, I like this. Okay, good. Now we got the background. Oh, and phew, I made a vow at the end of the last show. That's true. I no, made a we vow. don't. We're not going yes. back to the last show. Before that's we so get history. into your podcast, I got to have a question answered, a real question answered. Yeah. Uh-oh. I need some dirt. What dirt do you want? I'm, it's, it's an open buffet. I'll take I'll, I'll take anything on the buffet. I'm going to remind you again. I'm sitting in the room with you. <laughs> okay. I will not turn on my mother okay. without, oh. without a question being asked to oh. me. Oh, too much. Okay. Nope. I raised him well. You did raise, did raise him well. She is an amazing woman, Jonathan. Okay. Well, I'll just have to scour the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to get jacked from you. Good luck. <laughs> she, they, That's my boy. Those Jernigans have boy. top people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> protecting that stuff. <laughs> I love that boy. Okay. All right. So back to the podcast. Go ahead. Okay. So this actually started, it was my friend's idea. So I'm, it's, we literally pitch it as a pastor and a skeptic study the Bible together. And he's the one that came to me and said, Hey, I have an idea for a podcast. 
And I'm like, ah, I've thought about podcasts for a while, mm-hmm. but I'd have to really be excited about it, willing to like, you know, mm-hmm. week after week commit to something. I'm like, I don't know. And this is someone who he grew up in, in a Christian home, uh, attended church all of his life. He went to seminary. Wow. Uh, did the whole thing, worked out of church. He was in graphic design, so he wasn't in a pastoral role, but mm-hmm. did graphic design, and then ended up moving, becoming a freelance designer. And in the process of, you know, being all in that setting and then not being in the setting and then, you know, having a change of perspective, he realized, I don't believe any of this anymore. Wow. Like none of it. And it wasn't for a lack of, well, you, you haven't really heard, or you don't really, like he was deep into all of it. And I right. just went, I intellectually cannot uh, consent to right. this anymore. So that's been, and you know, he and I have been friends and, you know, we've stayed in touch. So he's like, hey, what if you and I read the Bible together and I get to poke holes and why I yeah. don't think it makes sense. Mm. And you just reply with why you still believe it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this I'm intrigued with. Yeah. Like I yeah. like this premise yeah. and there's not a ton of these kind of conversations. And what's funny is when people hear this premise, they often think, oh, you guys are debating each other. And it's like, who, who wins each episode? And if you listen to just one of them, you realize immediately that's not the tone at all. Yeah. I'm not trying to convert him. He's not trying to make me walk away from Jesus. This is two people who have respect right. for each other who are trying to learn from each other and go, hey, let's, let's listen and learn. And what I have realized is I've grown up. I'm a second-generation preacher. Mm-hmm. I've grown literally – all my memories are memories growing up in the church right. I, as long as I can remember. Uh, then as soon as I graduated college, I was in church ministry for two decades. So I have deeply yeah. lived You're in all, that world. You've been all in, right. Here's what I've realized. Uh, it is far more of an echo chamber than you will ever realize until you step out. Mm-hmm. And you cannot realize it when you're in it. Because when you're in ministry, and even when you're you know, not on staff, but if you're deeply connected, most of the people you hang out with are church people. Yes. And most of, you know, even when you're not, you're in a church role or doing something to reach the, you know, and you, you start hanging out with people who all kind of think the way you do. And what that subconsciously does is makes you think, Everybody thinks this. Mm. And if you don't think this, you're stupid because this is so abundantly obvious. Here's what I've learned. You want to study the Bible with an atheist who every week tells you why that text, we go chapter by chapter, Mm. why that text doesn't make sense to him. It reminds you, not everybody believes this Mm -hmm. and there's really good reasons not to. Mm. And I I say that I I still believe in Jesus. So I'm not, you know, I haven't lost hope yet. Uh, I'm just going, no, I I listen to him and go, he's, he's making very good points. And I think he surprises people on the podcast far more than I do Mm. because I think they want to characterize him as this godless pagan who doesn't know, doesn't know the truth has, you know, no, he's, he knows it. And, you know, when right. we get social media comments all the time, and they're usually pretty funny. A lot of times people are like, dude, just read the Bible, and this yeah. would solve your problem. And it's like, okay, first off, he's read it multiple times. Probably more than the dude. Secondly, the, yeah. yeah, this is a podcast of reading the Bible. Like, it's literally what we're doing in the <laughs> <Right>. podcast, <laughs> chapter by chapter, you know. <laughs> so we, we, we finished up the book of Hebrews. This is the first book we did, chapter by chapter. Right now we're going through the book of Romans. Wow. And... uh it's great. And I, wow. every week he makes me laugh because it's like, oh, yeah, that's – I'll give you one example. We're, we're working on chapter two, and so he sends me his notes and his questions in advance. And, you know, in Romans 2, Paul says, hey, because God does obviously not show favoritism. It's just, you know, quick line in Romans mm-hmm. 2. And my friend Jeff's like, uh, can we acknowledge 
that anybody who has any any familiarity with the Bible has to say God absolutely shows her to, and then he starts listening. Right, uh, the nation of Israel, you know, Esau, you know, and right. I, I like all these examples, and it literally made me laugh out loud. I'm like, he's so right that like if you just objectively went to the text and went, God clearly shows favoritism. Sure. From page one. Yes. Right. <laughs> but but Cain and Abel, you know, what what happened? Well, he didn't choose Cain's. Like he chose Abel. I mean, it's like you yes. can go from page yeah. one and go, yep. oh, yeah, this is a problem. Yeah. And then Paul's, no, <laughs> right. God does not show favoritism. And so obviously there's more there and you have to unpack it. I, it just has reminded me when we read the Bible, when we communicate the Bible, we, we tend to think everybody sees it the way we do. Mm. And I think it's part of the problem why Christians aren't reaching more non-Christians because they look at us and go, you don't even see how crazy some of your conclusions are. Right. Because you're not, you're not, you're not sitting in the, in the tension. Yeah. And and don't you ever, I've sat like uh, as a, both as, as a former pastor, but I've also sat in many and heard many sermons over the years. And sometimes I just want to go say something in the middle of the service, like that just does not hold up outside of any, like right. 90% of the context, except for the one ideal one just says like, yeah, like, and I, you, you want to poke holes, not to, cause you hate them. It's just like you, that it just, it, you realize that their expression is limited. Like it, you just, it, so it's, it doesn't come from a mean. Sure. Space, it's meant like it's just an incomplete space. Well, and, you know, we talked about in the previous episode, but, you know, the it's a monologue. The, the, the church gathering is a monologue. One mm-hmm. person gets a microphone. There is no space for rebuttal. There is mm-hmm. no space for question. You, you're going to go sit there, listen, and then everyone goes home. And whatever that view is, is the view presented. That doesn't lend itself to go, well, what about this? And what about that? And how do we work through, you know, mm-hmm. and th- there has to be space for that to go, well, what about some of these other things? Or, hey, I don't understand that. And, you know where do we applaud people for changing their mind Yeah, and go, Hey, you used to think this and now you think this, and that's because you're growing in your faith. Way to yeah. go. Yeah. Where's that conversation right. happening? You know, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to have, have space where people just go, I think you're wrong on that. Let's talk about it. Right. And you know, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to model that. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, in the world we live in, and this is where I love your guys' premise here. Not a lot of people sitting in that tension with people who they may disagree with, is like I started a podcast with someone who I know I disagree with mm. on most of what we're going to talk about. Right. Because I think it's healthy to model how we listen and respect the humanity in another person that he too is made in the image of God. Right. Regardless of whether he ever believes, you know, what I believe. Yeah. And just modeling a healthy, respectful conversation, I think even if nothing else comes out of it, hopefully that just gives people a little hope of you can do this with the people in your life too. Mm. That's so good because I think so many times we, um, you're talking about the echo chamber and stuff, we we start be- believing without questioning sure. why we believe something. And part of my journey um, went back to when I was exposed to people of different cultures and listening to their view on Jesus and thinking we own Jesus, but seeing people that had a different faith background, but still really loved Jesus. Yeah. Now, it wasn't the same Jesus, but it made me realize that so much of my faith was wrapped up in my Western Christian identity. So, so much of my faith had been impacted by culture yeah. rather than mm. Jesus, right? I mean, there was mm. Jesus, but so much of the stuff about how I saw Jesus was wrapped up in my culture. Yeah. So sometimes we don't stop and take time to go, where did I get this? Like, why do I think this 
is right. We don't ask ourselves questions. We just go, because I was taught that, because that's Well, especially the way if it you is. grew up in the church, which right. you did, which I did. You know, I was, I was in Sunday school learning these concepts. And the problem is most Christians go, what I learned in Sunday school is good for the rest of my life, and I've got those answers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think about, like, Noah's Ark is a great example. Like, almost every kid in Sunday school is taught the story of Noah's Ark. Right. It's a beautiful story, the way it's taught in Sunday school. And there should be a point as an adult, you read that story, and your jaw drops, and you go, this is horrific, mm-hmm. what this story is portraying. And this absolutely changes the nature of God if the God that looks like Jesus is willing to annihilate the majority of the planet. I mean, like— there are more complicated, you know, challenges in the text that you should get to yeah. as you grow. But the problem is a lot of people go, no, that's, that's like, good. No, Noah, like you, you know. You'd paint it on your children's bedroom wall. <laughs> well, and I, Noah's Ark, little animals on the ark. You don't put all the, the, the millions of people drowning in Correct, the, in the corpses floating the corpus, around yeah, the ark. Exactly. You don't show that, yeah, right? Exactly. That's not in the, the flannel graph. Yeah, the flannel Well, and I saw a video the other day on social media. It was, it was uh, some, you know, some journalist that was at a uh, pro-rights march. And so these guys are, you know, holding a sign that God is pro-life. And the journalist goes up to him and he goes, what well, you know, I saw your sign. What, what does that mean to you? He's like, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, God believes in life and he's pro-life. And, that, you know, and he said, do you believe that God, you know, in the story of Noah, that God killed almost everybody except for Noah and some barn animals? And you literally see the guy like the, the gears like stop in his head. Yeah. He's like, oh, does not uh, compute. <laughs> God's pro-life. You know, he's like literally has no response. And it, it was to me, I was like, oh, this guy never developed anything beyond Sunday school. Yeah, he has like a, he got yeah. the Sunday school answer and never worked it through, and sadly, that's a lot of Christians. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the challenges to the current church model is it doesn't do a good job of forcing you to keep growing, right? Because you can you can have that, and you can just if you attend church every week, you can just ride that on, and you can be convinced everybody sees this story yeah. the way I do. And we see it happen when kids go away to high, to right. college, right? The infamous they, liberal professor. The liberal professor. They've never because they've never been. But I've even had I've had I've had Christian friends who are professors at Christian universities who challenge their students. Yeah, because, I try to be that professor. Yeah, for my you students. need to be that. Yeah, who challenge because they only know the Sunday school answers, Correct. right? And they haven't really thought through. Oh, you know. You know the the dating of creation, or thought through some of these. Other, they just know one way to approach it. Correct. So love well, that. Well, and I think you know when you when you really wrestle with what you believe, you you come out stronger towards mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's true. A lot of a lot of people will, but you're. I think a lot of people are afraid of doing that. Like, am I allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to question these things that I was taught? And I think you know that's the beauty, because even from my personal journey. I I will say today I I feel more in love with Jesus. I feel, I see God is so much bigger, mm-hmm. more inclusive, and I would say I I do I, I follow him. I've tried to. It, it's changed mm. how I see Jesus and how I live right differently right mm. um, because it's coming more from a holistic place of my heart, my soul, my mind. It's not just my mind telling me how to respond. I well, love that. And what I have found is. If we were to be honest about the state of most Christians' faith, we would describe it as fragile. Mm-hmm. If you poke it, if you challenge it, if disaster happens to them, it, it can fall apart. Or if one thing that they believe they find to be not true, then the whole thing, it's a house of cards, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I just think if Jesus is true, then we should not have a fragile faith. Right. 
And there's actually a term for this, that the opposite of fragility is not robust. There's a term, Nassim Taleb wrote an incredible book called Anti-Fragile, which is actually this idea of something that gets stronger the more, uh, you know, the more it has to endure. Mm-hmm. And uh, the perfect illustration, if you've ever seen the movie The Black Panther, the, the first movie where he has a suit and his suit, if it gets punched, it, it stores that energy and then he gets stronger as a result. That's what anti-fragility looks like. And you know where we actually get that? The cross. Mm. When it looks like, oh, Satan won. Right. Like God lost. Yeah. That's the moment of victory. Right. Like when it looks like failure, that is the moment of victory. That's the God that as Christians we claim we follow. Mm-hmm. So if that is our picture, and that's the clearest picture as the, the New Testament writers tell us, that's the clearest picture of what God looks like, then we should have an anti-fragile faith that goes, the more I get into this, the more, mm-hmm. you know, contrary opinions, I'm going to emerge with a stronger view of Jesus mm-hmm. if Jesus really is true. And I think in the back of a lot of Christians' minds, they, they think, I don't know if this actually is going to still be true if I kept asking these questions. Right. And there's a fear built into that. They go, don't, don't, don't ask. I love this, this conversation. If Being willing to be challenged, being open to critique, being open to uh, maybe even being wrong, or even like even our faith itself at the cross, as you mentioned, is so powerful. Like we can rest in that darkness for a while. We don't just go straight to the resurrection. Correct. There's some, there's some time there. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have days or even years of journey of darkness to, fi- to because you're figuring out, like, when, what happens when you have a miscarriage or burying a child? Right. What do you do when you're, fa- when you're banned from your church or, or if, you, you, know, or if you're, you have cancer? I mean, there are huge life or just so many – there's so many things that could go wrong. How you, 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 there's no quick fix. Yeah. It's that journey of questions and dialogue that come in. This has been so good. Thanks so much for being on our show. You've you, you, you made it a better show. We're better. We're better. Well, that that is hard to do because you guys are great. But <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I've enjoyed the conversation. It's been fun. Thank you so much. And and how do you find your podcast? So wherever podcasts are are found, the forest and the trees is the podcast. And yeah, we're on all of them. Tune in. I know I will. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for being on. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace, educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.